Hi, and welcome to Be More Now. My name is Blake Moore, and tonight I'm interviewing the ladies of BAM, Book Arts Mendocino, Teresa Whitehill, Felicia Rice, and Zita Borsic. We'll be discussing BAM and its series of exhibitions, readings, talks, demonstrations, and workshops, all devoted to the wide-ranging and varied arts of the book. So before I bring on Teresa, Zita, and Felicia, I want to tell you a little bit about each of them. California poet, letterpress printer, and graphic designer Teresa Whitehill served as Poet Laureate for the City of Ukiah from 2009 through 2011 and has been involved her entire career in the production of poetry readings and literary events. Her interrelated focus on poetry, literary books, and arts came out of her studies at Mills College in the early 1980s. Since 1984, she has lived in Mendocino County, where she is well known to local poetry audiences. Her collection of poetry include A Grammar of Longing, 2009, and A National History of Mill Towns, 1993, both published by Pygmy Forest Press. Her work is included in the anthology Deep Valley, Poets Laureate of Ukiah, 2001-2018, published by Slow Mountain Press. Her poetry and letterpress broadsides are in numerous fine press collections, including the Getty Center for the Arts, the John Hay Library of Brown University, Stanford University Special Collections, and the Bancroft Library at UC Berkeley. Felicia Rice is an artist, letterpress printer, publisher, and educator. In 1977, she set Moving Parts Press in motion. With one foot firmly planted in the 19th century and the other in the 21st, she utilizes letterpress and digital technologies to produce limited edition artist books, prints, and broadsides in collaboration with visual and performing artists, writers, and philosophers. Work from the press is included in exhibitions and collections, both nationally and internationally, and has been the recipient of numerous awards and grants. Her entire letterpress shop and all of her work was destroyed by a fire in the Santa Cruz Mountains in August of 2020. Rice has relocated to her family home in Mendocino, and with the help of over 750 supporters and counting, has been reestablishing Moving Parts Press. Zita Borsic is a letterpress printer and graphic designer who lives in Fort Bragg, California. Her print shop design studio, Studio Z Mendocino, has been around for decades and produces logos, stationery, business cards, brochures, and amazing wedding invitation. And Studio Z Mendocino specializes in innovative advertising campaigns, identities for nonprofits, businesses, and social limitations and announcements. In addition to custom design and printing, the shop produces Studio Z Mendocino, a line of stationery and greeting cards that has been the recipient of many awards and honors, including the Best New Product Award at the National Stationery Show in New York City. Zeta's work is recognized as unique, with its own aesthetic and quirky elegance, while possessing a timeless sense of beauty and proportion. Zita's design work and printing have received awards and have been displayed in national magazines and hardcover books of the graphic design magazine, Print. Here's an interview that took place earlier this week. It's wonderful to have the three of you here with me. And why don't you just each introduce yourself with a little bit about you and your background and how you know each other. Sure, I'll, I'll start us off. Um, I'm Teresa Whitehill, and I have been involved in, uh, in book arts since I started learning typesetting in the 1970s, and I, I actually came to book arts through poetry and um, eventually went to Mills College and studied book arts there and worked in commercial shops for many years. I've lived in Mendocino County since 1984, and in 1985, uh, I went to work for Zita Borsic in Fort Bragg at her letterpress shop and ended up working with Zita for eight years. And I also worked for a couple of years for the Mendocino Arts Center for a little letterpress shop that they had there, which we'll talk about possibly later on. So that's how I came into letterpress and how I met Zita. And I know Felicia through uh, the, the work of her family, her, her parents, uh, Felicia and Ray Rice, who were 
founding teachers at the Mendocino Arts Center. And so we met through a shared love of letterpress and reconnected when Felicia moved back to Mendocino last year. So that's me. How about Zita? So, hi. Um, I moved here in 1971. I started working in Alma Weiss's print shop probably in 1975 or so and was an apprentice there for 10 or 11 years. And Al was a master printer. He had both letterpress and offset presses in his shop and taught me how to set type and many, many, many things. Um, I learned a lot about design from Stephanie Croninger, who worked there. Um, and then when Al died, I opened my own shop on Franklin Street. And one day, I don't know, a year or so after I had opened, Teresa came in to interview for a job. <laughs> While I was working at Al's, um, Felicia came in to uh, substitute for a press woman while I was upstairs in the stripping department. And um, so that was our connection. And we just had this connection. And then when Felicia came back to Mendocino last year and we all got together, um, I got this idea about making a story for my magazine, which is Real Estate Magazine a monthly real estate magazine that has a big local story in each issue. And I named it Three Letterpress Printers Walk Into a Shed, which we'll talk about later in the interview. Anyway, so I'm still, um, I'm still designing and printing a little bit, I, and I'm doing the magazine, and I love these two people that are on the air with me very much. That's me. How about you, Felicia? Well, I come from the South. I came a year ago because I was burnt out of the Santa Cruz Mountains. My shop of over 45 years was destroyed. Everything was destroyed. And my family home here in Mendocino uh, was between tenants, and my husband and I were able to land. And I've been uh, establishing Moving Parts Press, my press, um, in the little shed in back. And... uh, we all had the opportunity after the article came out in the uh, real estate magazine in September uh, to show at the Partners Gallery in Mendocino. We were invited by the partners to show uh, three letterpress printers walk into a shed. So each of us has uh, similar and very different kinds of letterpress work to display, and the show begins in January. Um, meeting with those folks and talking about the exhibit triggered ideas about Uh, inviting other organizations, um, book arts practitioners, to uh, join us at that time with uh, displays, workshops, exhibitions, um, readings. So all things book, which includes from um, actual making of books to their content, form and content, all of it. And that's uh, what brings us here tonight to talk about BAM, Book Arts Mendocino. Well, that's a wonderful segue. So what is BAM? <laughs> Alicia, I think you're the, the preeminent describer of this, so we'll let you take it. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, the book arts includes calligraphers, papermakers, book artists, poets, writers, publishers, um, printers. And uh, so because that community is so diverse and so interesting and has been my community for uh, the – Uh, I don't know, 50 years that I've been involved in the field. Um, When I moved here, I started reaching out to those folks who's here. And um, we all uh, have things to share, skills, work, ideas, um, talk. So we uh, invited, started inviting folks, Book Arts, B-A-M, Mendocino, physical place and a community of practitioners and exclamation point for coming together to share our love and fascination with the book form among ourselves and with others. January and February, all month long, things will be popping up or displays will be ongoing. Um, A number of organizations and and, uh, businesses are involved and we sort of think this may snowball. And next year, there may be even more people who want to participate and explore and um, celebrate the book. 
Yeah, maybe I want to be involved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? Very open, very welcome, very inclusive. Can you talk more about what book arts are in general? Yeah, what we're we're envisioning for this is that book arts is sort of an all-inclusive umbrella, and most people understand it as some form of one of the crafts or arts that go into making a physical book, be it printing, papermaking, calligraphy, um, publishing, that kind of thing. And um, from our perspective, authors, poets are part of this. And so what we're suggesting, this, especially this first year, is that if the people want to participate, they're welcome. But there's, there's, um, here's the deal. We're, this is a self-organizing event. So if, if anyone should want to participate, there is no one in charge. There's no one who needs, that you need to get approval from or permission. You can simply, if you're an artist, you could make a, and your studio is available to the public, you could have an open studio, and you can let us know about it. We'll publish it on the Facebook event page for BAM, and you can do your own publicity. And you could simply say, I'm a poet, and I, I'm going to have my studio open to show my publications, and I'm doing this in association with Book Arts Mendocino. Uh, so it's fairly simple, and we just figured that by making it all self-organizing, it would allow a much broader variety of people to participate and also not put an undue burden on any one organization or person. One of the things that I love most about this is that nobody's in charge. It's just (laughs) there's no hierarchy and nobody's telling anybody what to do. And it's very interesting to me to see how many organizations have Find right on, like, yes, let's do this. So when you say many organizations, can you name a few? Mm-hmm. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Partners Gallery that's hosting the show of the three of our work, the Highlight Gallery in Mendocino, the Artist Co-op in Mendocino, the Mendocino Arts Center, um, Gallery Bookshop, Mendocino Community Library. I mean, there's 15. It goes on. And then various groups, book, handbook binders, calligraphy study book group. Um, Kelly House, Writers of the Mendocino Coast, Mendocino Poets. So uh, Publishers Roundtable, showcasing local publishers and publishing, uh, all part of this um, groundswell of enthusiasm for, for the book, which is a vessel. It carries the word. It carries the image. It carries ideas. Um, it can be as conceptual as you want, but in this case, it's very much grounded in the physical uh, and that making of a book as a handmade object is uh, a factor. You know, they go heart, t- uh, mind, tongue, and hand. They're all factors in making books. So you also do letterpress work. So how is that connected? Well, this is a, that letterpress happens to be the particular form where the three of us um, interact with books. And, and in my case, I'm actually, I actually don't use my letterpress to print books. I use my letterpress to print broadsides. Um, but I consider myself a book artist because, you know, most people don't understand what a broadside is. And so it's, it's, it's sort of a loose, um, a loose term that covers uh, multiple areas. And I would say to anybody in the community who is interested in participating or just enjoying the festival when it's going on is that um, you don't have to be a letterpress printer to participate. You don't have to be – you can be an author who has a, a published book. The book itself does not necessarily have to be handmade. But we are, we are putting a special highlight on the handcrafts as a big part of this, but it's not exclusive. I guess maybe I'm not 100% clear on the concept. You guys are – the Book Arts Mendocino is self-organizing umbrella – principle that everybody who's doing anything book related in the county can fit underneath that the kind of umbrella of BAM. Is that correct? That's correct. You're not creating a press where somebody wants to publish a book in in Mendocino 
We're creating a series of events. We're creating okay. a series of events that highlight the work of book artists and and writers and poets and visual artists, all relating back to the book. It's a um, it's a field. It's not a discipline. You know, it's not formal. It's a, it's a field wherein a lot of people play and a lot of people exchange and enjoy one another's work and learn from one another technically, as well as um, participate and collect each other's stuff. Um, we're opening the doors and saying, uh, all of you out there who want to demonstrate that we can still live during COVID, um, however carefully, uh, step up, step out, and and we will um, meet and greet and, and see one another, which I think is so critical. It, it starts somewhere, creating culture, creating our culture and community, and it and it and it spirals out from there. So. We're hoping that we're just one node on the spiral and um, a little bit of energy, a little bit of breathing on the coal will um, continue to revive and revitalize our community that's been so impacted by COVID. I love yes, that. And, and Go ahead. Me too. I love that, Felicia. And Blake, I think in answering your question, that the, the thing that kicked this whole BAM idea off was our walking into this shed <laughs> and um being and then being offered the show at Partners Gallery. Um and so the show is going to be called Three Letter Press Printers Walk Into a Shed. The tagline is Books, Broadsides, Business Cards, the Renegade Letterpress Work of Felicia Rice, Teresa Whitehill, and Zita Borsich. And that goes from January sixth through March sixth, two months of book arts in Mendocino on the Mendocino Coast. Um the the tagline that I just said, books, broadsides, and business cards, refers refers to the three sort of arms of uh, of types of letterpress work that we three d- did and do. Felicia does books, and they do not look like a normal book, you know, with pages that just turn. They are in all kinds of shapes and incredibly interesting looking. Uh, manifestations of book arts. Teresa does mostly broadsides by letterpress. And my letterpress shop was was called a job shop, which means I was doing commercial work, business cards, letterhead, invitations, and stuff like that by letterpress, which was practically unheard of when I opened my shop in 1984. Everybody, the entire world had moved on to offset printing and other forms of printing. Letterpress was far out of use by then and certainly not so much used by women. And um, so we have like three kind of specialties that are very, very different, yet they're tied together by this incredible craft that is 500 years old, started by Gutenberg. I just want to take a moment and let you know that you're listening to Be More Now. My name is Blake Moore, and I'm speaking with the ladies of BAM, Book Arts Mendocino, Teresa Whitehill, Felicia Rice, and Zita Borsich. Yeah, and, and Zita, maybe, you know, for the radio audiences who may not know, we've used the term letterpress quite a bit, but maybe a little definition of letterpress might help some folks mm-hmm. who may not be yeah. familiar. Well, um, so in the 1450s, Gutenberg had this bright idea to invent movable type. And he was a jeweler, and he was able to create letters out of lead, tin, and antimony. Um, and he printed the Gutenberg Bible, which is a tome that's about five inches thick on this incredible paper. And when Teresa and I went to the Huntington Library in Pasadena on a little field trip and stood looking at that, we were both crying our eyes out. It was like an art form that was born full grown. It was the most exquisite printing. So each letter is a piece of metal, which you set together to make words and sentences and paragraphs in um, a composing stick and lock it into a 
case, which is a kind of frame that fits into the press. You lock it in with something called coins, Q-U-O-I-N-S. It's, it's an expanding lock that locks it inside of the frame so that no letters fall out. You put it into the press. You ink it with rollers. You ink just the very, very top of the letters. And then the paper is pressed into the wet ink. And the thing that distinguishes letterpress is that there is uh, an impression. Each letter, each image has a little shadow around it from the impression into thick, gorgeous paper. So if you've ever gotten a wedding invitation that looks like you can run your finger over the type and you can feel the impression, that is letterpress. Is that clear at all? So the, yes, Barry, let me add. The, it's just really important to remember that when we entered the craft of letterpress printing uh, in the 1970s, um, it, was a, it was a dying craft. Um, it had been supplanted uh, in the economic community by offset printing, uh, Xeroxing, you name it, now it's digital. Been a very quick turnover in how the print material is reproduced. But back then we were able to acquire equipment for less next to nothing and because it was all being junked it was being thrown away so part of the book arts includes preserving traditional crafts handbook binding calligraphy uh, letterpress printing things that were uh, going by the wayside because they were no longer economically viable and at that point a craft can become an art form and that's where book art begins book creation or all the, the broadside commercial uh, created in a context almost outside of the economy, a very tiny, tiny, tiny little world, but a, a really fascinating one that leads off in all kinds of directions in the arts. Yes, and also most of the type foundries have, had become extinct and were becoming extinct as we were working in the 80s and 90s, um, and it became harder and harder to buy type, and type is expendable. I mean, you know, if you are uh, printing with heavy impression, the type gets worn down. Supposedly the type was good for the life of the printer. Well, we were on the second and sometimes the third life of a printer using that type. Sometimes we'd run out of R's and you could go to a type foundry to buy that R, but it became less and less possible as the type foundries died. And um, so a new technology came about, which is called polymer plates, whereby you could design on a computer and create super high quality, super high resolution film and transfer the image onto um, a metal plate that had been uh, coated with a polymer and photosensitized. Um, and that was a raised printing plate that, that would impart the same uh, kind of texture on, into the paper. So that is more used nowadays than hand-setting lead type. Hand-setting lead type is inc incredibly time-consuming and persnickety. <laughs> and um, the polymer plates actually made our businesses more, much more viable we could keep on printing even though there was no, not much type available anymore. Although we, we all, three of us, still treasure much of our foundry type. And I can remember when I worked for Zeta in the 1980s, we, she and I would make, take field trips down to the Bay Area and we would visit this um, used type dealer out at Hunter's Point Shipyard. And we would spend an entire afternoon in these giant warehouses crammed with type cases. Sometimes they would be stacked two and three high, so you had to climb up orchard ladders to get up <laughs> to the top cases. <laughs> and we'd, and we know, would you'd be screaming, screaming across the warehouse to each other because we'd be pulling out these heavy <laughs> cases and we'd be like almost half a story up in the air on a ladder. Like, Zeta, I found some forum titling, 72 points. And I'd go and we'd haul over to <laughs> We would haul our treasures back to, um, to Fort Bragg 
and the the car would be like dragging its tailpipe practically because of the weight of the lead in the back in the trunk. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and Jim Hagen. So what you see today is, in oh. terms of the practice, pr- people who are printing today, there's an uh, entire groundswell. Uh, of women across the country, ladies of letterpress who are doing the kind of work that Zita's talking about, that Teresa's talking about. They're in, in cities and towns all over the country. Women who are excluded from the field are, are practically dominant in the field at this point. Um, and the other other places you might find it, uh, schools and universities, art departments, are all um, em- have embraced uh, the concept of the book as a driving force behind the uh, work of students. It leads it to the design community, graphic design, uh, which leads to design for digital media and social media. So um, it's very relevant. It, it teaches history. There's a history to everything that we do, how it's been done for the last 500 years, and um, how we see it uh, taking form and shape in the coming years. Uh, so. It's definitely something that continues to be very, very much a part of of the world of letters and um, art and design. And we represent a period wherein women broke into the field and gained control of the power of the press. Mm, that's great. In a sense, does that tie into just this idea of, of holding on to history and, and remembering where we come from and maintaining these traditions that are so easily forgotten, right? The idea, I think it was Zita who was talking about what a letterpress is, and I just imagine praying the Bible one letter at a time. <laughs> a lot of sense. It's very slow, and it was all done by candlelight. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, after St. Bartholomew's Eve, it it began to be... They began to use candlelight to set type. I can't imagine how hard that was on everybody's eyes because some of this type is quite mm-hmm. small. Yeah, and, and how long do you think it would take? Years and years to years. do the Bible. Yeah. Here's many decades. <laughs> can't go down to the nearest copy place and make copies of it. Each time you have to no. redo the whole process, or do they print multiple pages of each Yeah, so they would print. They would print editions. Yeah. I'm sorry. The earliest stages of the Industrial Revolution, you know, and then 1450, 1550, 1650, 1750, 300 years. 350 years later, 1800, they start automating all this stuff radically. By 1850, it's a whole new world. The industry has, and technology has changed how people experience time. It's changed how they work. It's changed how the environment is being treated and how our children are treated and how um, and wound up with uh, uh, a lot of things that we're living in the wake of now. Right. Well, and <laughs> and it's disastrous. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. As huge as that, those strides were in that 350-year segment of history, imagine the revolution, the ver- revolutionary of creating movable type and printing multiples of, of written works coming out of scribes' handwriting books. You know, only the clergy or royalty could read at that time. So movable type and Gutenberg actually changed the world. Not only changed the world, it, it changed movable type and printing changed actually the way people think. Well, it, it gave was, people access to thoughts they didn't have before as people learned to read and, ex- and exchange yes, ideas. Course. So in that same sense, all of the, the positives also have this other side, right? You see this whole spectrum of the yin-yang, of the wonderful, wonderful opening of society that was created, but then also this the other side of it, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, and we all know how much work humans had to do to maintain their sense of of sovereignty and self within that. The child labor and all the different ways that automation of things did, you know, harm the family, right? Yeah. And we are in a similar revolution now. So if we acknowledge that the movable type 
was world changing. Um, our digital revolution that we're experiencing now is also it's affecting how we think and how we live and how we communicate with one another on and on the economy in whole economies around different uh, uh, crap worlds. I'm trying to get to the word are um, collapsing music. Uh, Absolutely. You know, music is a big one mm -hmm. <laughs> for people who make music or, you know, or film or you just yeah. name it. It's all been impacted. So many, so much of the arts are dependent upon audience and accessibility, and without that, it makes it very challenging for an artist to, to find a, a path. We've kind of set ourselves up. And so th let me ask you this. I know you're talking, because we can go down that rabbit hole for a long time, but you call it renegade letterpress work. So you want to talk about, because this seems like a tie-in to that renegade aspect of things. Yeah, I'd really love to hear Felicia talk on this, um, because, um, because of her 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 publishing work so go felicia yeah um I, I i i've been introduced to the concept of urgent publishing that it's really critical that we get the word out that's what publishing means i wear three hats i'm an artist i'm a printer and i'm a publisher and maybe there's a fourth hat there's i'm a designer but the point is as a publisher my legacy, the legacy of my work is, is very different from that as an artist or as, a, or as a, a printer. And as a publisher, our job is to get the word out. And we're still in a time when that's so critical and what tools do we use and how many people do we want to reach. Um, a letterpress book is going to have a very small reach, but it can be the, the drop into the pond that ripples out, that that book then becomes a commercially printed version that goes out to bookstores instead of private collectors or institutional collectors. And then that version goes on the web and, and or it's performed publicly and audiences come to see a performative um, version of it. So getting the word out, using the tools we have at hand, they don't, you, you don't need rarefied tools and a rarefied atmosphere in a studio to be an artist, to make work, corner of your kitchen table, um, use your computer. I know that if I had been, if I were young when the uh, Mac first came out, personal computers first came out, of course I adopted them then in the 80s and early 90s, but um, if I had been a young person, I would just have my laptop. I would never have had been a letterpress printer. It was about what was available, what was we could use um, readily, what we could buy for next to nothing. They were giving stuff away. Um, so it was also a time in the 70s of a great reverence for craft. And part of that has to do with our trying to preserve crafts that were disappearing. Um, and... Uh, I, I, I don't think that reverence for craft has gone away in the least, in the least witness all the young people who are excited to get into this field. But it's also really hard because uh, thing, things that we got throwing away in the back, in the dumpster, you'd find type or whatever, you know, now those are all very expensive and rare. So people are finding workarounds, finding ways to continue to work in release printing, that idea of rolling ink on a higher surface, the surface of the type or the surface of a woodblock or a linoleum cut and lifting it off the ink off onto a piece of paper. People are finding ways to do that that don't require a press that's 100 or 150 years old. But um, it's, it's still, you know, we represent um, the, uh, a time when it was accessible and exciting and uh, it was possible to be a renegade using these tools. Yeah, in, in addition to the, the craft and the tools, um, you know, one thing that people will see when they come to the exhibit at Partners in January and February is the, the content of the publications. And Felicia's, Felicia's book are just extraordinary. Um, the, the, the one that most recently I had the, the blessing to be able to see is is her most recent publication. It's called The Necropolitics of Extraction. And it's a book-length um, essay and treatment by Felicia of the writings of um, P.J. Demos, who is a professor. And he, she, so it's like this, this book, it's, it's an accordion-fold book, so it, 
is a sequence of panels that it actually can sort of you know stand up so it's very sculptural but the content of it and the and the way that it's like we could best describe it it's an indictment of this culture we have of extracting human and natural resources from the world that's been resulting in loss, deprivation, and poison that we're witnessing every day. So Felicia has the courage to make this into a book statement. And by doing so, she's able to reach people in a completely different way than a lecture or a scientific report. It's it's art responding to the crises of this world. Yay, Teresa. Well said. Yay, all of you beautifully said. It's as if you're, what you're saying is the kind of word that's in person, that you can hold in your hands, that's an expressive form that's not necessarily something that's going to get likes or, or frowny faces or whatever the way that so much of our information is so immediate and scrollable. It just moves right by you and then you go to the next thing. This is a slowing down and also I believe that what you said about urgent, culture being urgent, that urgent message that culture is still here even though we're not seeing each other and expressing culture in person the way we used to. And this, it sounds like it's an invitation to try to reclaim our local, our Mendocino culture as human beings, so to speak, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not TikTok. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were hoping to have a a big old Mendocino Fox. style live reading in person as part of this that where I think, you know, there you know, all of these events are going to have to be modified um, because of COVID, you know, health restrictions. But we're still going to try to, you know, gather in public with each other as safely as we can. Uh, we will we will be um, – uh, see, Dan Hess at the Fort Bragg Library has generously offered to, you know, have his – his two open mic readings that he that are on the first Thursdays of the month. So it'll be first Thursday of January and first Thursday of February. And those are the two open readings that will be happening during the BAM festival time. So um, it'd be fun if all the poets could sort of tune in there, even though they're going to be virtual and right. just sort of lend support and words and uh, thoughts you know, to this whole thing, like we're we're having a, an uprising, <laughs> right? And I would like to little... invite you to the third Thursday poetry in perhaps ah. one yeah. of those. You know, you could do two in one of the months. I don't think I'm I'm actually currently booking 2022, so why not? It's virtual also, but we've yeah. been doing a hybrid event, so it could be possibly a hybrid virtual. Oh, we would love to add that to the to the BAM list. Blake, mm-hmm. so that's a perfect example. So you're you're doing something already, and you know you might just give it a special twist, or um, as in 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 um, in collaboration with Bam, and yeah, we we would be happy to list that on the Facebook calendar. Our outreach includes a beautiful poster that the three of us are going to print for our show at the Partners Gallery just this coming weekend, and um, that poster will be up around town, designed by Zeta, super beautiful, bright, and uh, enticing. And um, it makes clear that the show is from January 6th to March 6th, but we will have a Meet the Artist at the Partners Gallery in um, Mendocino on January 8th. Uh, second Saturday, and then another uh, second Saturday, February 12th, will be an event. A quick reminder that you're listening to Be More Now. I'm Blake Moore, and I'm speaking with Teresa Whitehill, Felicia Rice, and Zita Borsich. We're talking about Book Arts Mendocino. And one thing we haven't mentioned is that um, the Kelly House is participating in the Historical Museum because this is also the story of printing and, um, and publishing in, in Mendocino property, 
proper with uh, the partners being located in the old Beacon building where the Beacon Press, Mendocino Beacon Press was printed. And at one time in the early 80s, I acquired the printing press from the Beacon and I ran it for a number of years, a 1906 um, press and refurbished it. And so um, Karen McGrath from the Kelly House, House is gonna give a talk, I believe on the, um, we ha don't have a date yet, but on the history of the Beacon building. And uh, so hopefully we'll, you know, be successful in doing some outreach to schools and kids can come by or come by with their parents and, and see uh, our altar of objects of how to, how to do things, how to how to make tools and uh, typefaces, and I'm going to stop. Yeah, well, <laughs> just to to explain Felicia's reference to an altar further, one of our one of our ideas for the exhibit is to create an altar of our letterpress tools. Uh, so it's still coming together. We don't know exactly what all the parts and pieces are going to be, but there there'll probably be some lead type and some wooden type and some composing sticks and various esoteric tools like micrometers and type high gauges and uh, coins, as Zita mentioned earlier, um, not C-O-I-N-S, but Q-U-O-I-N-S, uh, which are these expanding locks. And uh, we were hoping we could get a miniature press in there, but I don't think any of us have one of those weensy little tabletop pilot presses. So... I know. I know somebody that has one. I'll get it. I bet I okay. can get it. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. Something, an, an idea coming on right now, live on the air. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Well, this this true. whole process has been just like that. Like you can't believe what it's like to work with these two women. <laughs> when we get together, it's, it's, it's organic. Like... <laughs> it's totally organic. Yeah. So that was a question I was going to ask you, is, is what are your roles? Are you, you consider yourself, are you all equal? I mean, I would assume that this is a, a, a very uh, egalitarian setup. We take turns being boss. Okay. <laughs> Someone has to be boss sometimes because otherwise nothing will get done, right? You know, yeah, um, we each, yeah, we each take initiative on different things. I think really, you know, it was Zita originally who – we were we were we were in Felicia's shed, which is this little building on her family property there in Mendocino. Where, and so it's like there's just enough room to squeeze around her press. And Zita, she came up with this idea of the title for the um, for the exhibit. It ended up being the title for the exhibit, but originally it was the title for the article. Three letterpress printers walk into a shed. You know, it's the beginning of a joke. And because we were having so much fun talking shop and sharing our trade secrets with each other and our histories and all of that. And, you know, and then um, oh, so it was Zita's impetus that got us rolling. And then when the article came out, the Partners Gallery contacted us and offered us the exhibit. And then it was Felicia who just took all this initiative and she just started contacting like the libraries and the bookstores and the Mendocino Arts Center and the Kelly House. And she just gave them ideas about what they could do, and they were like, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking at these miles-long miles threads of emails of all the stuff that Felicia was doing, and I was like, you guys, this has the makings of a coastwide thing. And then I don't remember who said bam, but it was, it was just immediately... Bam. Was it me? It was immediately bam with you an exclamation did. point. And, and, and it, it has been so organic. You know, the art, I wanted to say that the article that we're talking about is in the September issue of Real Estate Magazine. You can still read it online at realestatemendocino.com. And I, just talking about this, it reminded me of the last year. So we, there were three essays, one by Teresa, one by Felicia, one by me that kind of all weave together. And my, my last paragraph, I just wanted to read a little bit of that. I'm walking into a shed with these two such very kindred souls, Teresa and Felicia, although the forms of letterpress we followed were quite different, um, riled up a lot of feelings. Feeling the depth of a vicarious, fierce 
sorrow for Felicia's loss of her life's work and all her irreplaceable stuff. Slinging the lingo and the memories and the comradeliness and love of this deeply shared passion fills my well and it sparked the story of life. This three-part thing we made apart and together, that's the way letterpress is too, the way the creative process is, solitary and profoundly contemplative, while often hooked up with other equally obsessed artists, purely creative visionary, purely dependent on ancient devices of the black art breed. Letterpress used to be known as the black art. (laughs) Purely shared in multiples, in all the stages of it, in the eyeballs and the heart of it. Purely, insanely hard. Purely joyous. Mm. Who was that? Me. <laughs> Zita. Zita wrote that. That was Zita, right? That's you, Zita. I just wanted to make sure we got self before you wrote. I believe that was you, Zita. Correct. That, that was Zita. Yeah. And what what do you call that poem? It's not a poem. It's the last paragraph of the piece I wrote for the article. Oh, okay, okay. But you yeah, also have a poem that you want to share too, right? I don't know if there's enough time. I think we could. We could do that and then close with some um, how people can find you. Yeah, let's, let's hear that. Let's, let's hear Zita's Ode to a Heidelberg. Yeah. So um, should I start right now? Yes. <laughs> okay, this is a poem uh, called Ode to a Printing Press. Oh, press. Oh, Heidelberg that swings. Well, at the same time, squat, solid and black and shining. Your windmill arms flash and flick, crack and whip around a breeze. Your flywheel sings a bass beat. That little tear in the belt clicks, repeats, clicks, repeats. Your gears chunk, pneumatic song you sing, the whirling mesh of bearings, the suck, the swoosh, wheezy exhale of air blast, the pump, the low tones, the hush between, the thump of paper to type, the hiss of ink between form rollers and drum, the fountain, a metronome, feeding color to the page, crisp wrap of paper, flipping around, delivered, picked up, delivered, picked up, delivered, light, clipped, rotating, giving voice to someone's dream, words, meaning, definition, distinguishment, type, style, typographic, Keep those cards and letters coming. Windmill, windmill, Heidelberg windmill. Letter space, letter space, press, press, press. Rhythm and blues, rhythm and red, rhythm and blacks. Meaning in the sheet, meaning in the printer. Platin, pimp, and form, bed, morgue, sort, stick. Oh, press, body black, elegant. A German machine, no screws, tapered pins, and harmony of use. Work taken to extremes describes love. That was lovely. That was lovely. <laughs> Thank you. You caught the rhythm. <laughs> you really got well, the, the rhythm of that press. It, sound, it sounds like the press. The, the poem actually yep. sounds like a trust. Mm. <laughs> thank you for letting yep. me read that. Thank you. Thank you for reading that. And how can people find you? What's your website? So we yeah. have a Facebook a event Facebook? page. Yeah. We have a Facebook event page, um, tinyurl.com, BAM-2022. We're anticipating 23, 24, 25. So BAM-2022 at... Uh, uh, is the um, URL, tiny URL. And you will find there the uh, individual organizations and, and artists and so forth who are participating, and they will probably have information on their uh, individual websites. If you want to read the article again, it's www.realestatemendocino.com and go to the September issue. The title of it is Three letter press printers walk into a shed. 
And the Partners Gallery is featured in the December issue. That's right. Great. And I will also include all of these links on the, the post, both on KZWX as well as on my website. So we'll oh, make sure that all great. comes out. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you, Felicia, Zita, and Teresa. It's been such a pleasure to talk with the three of you. And I think I can tell the difference between who is who. <laughs> Good yeah, luck thank, with you. Yeah, th thank you, Blake. This has been it's great. And I really appreciate us getting a chance to just confabulate about it a little bit and letting the public hear about it. Yeah, and then yeah, do communicate with us about your January and February readings, and we can roll it into BAM. Okay, I will do that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank and you so much. And I look forward Linda. to hearing more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that Facebook page. And thank you all so much for supporting culture here in Mendocino County. And that wraps up the interview with Book Arts Mendocino crew, Teresa Whitehill, Felicia Rice, and Zita Borsich. It was such a pleasure talking to them. And I'm going to make sure I put all those links up for you. So you can go and find them, but I know that they're on Facebook for the most part, Book Arts Mendocino. And then also in the realestatemendocino.com, there's information on the Partners Gallery and some of the other events that we just discussed. And I want to make sure if you want to listen to this show again or catch past episodes, you can find Be More Now on kzwax.org and click on the link to the show archives. Be More Now is also on Spotify and Apple Music. So I'll be back in 2022. That's pretty amazing. And I just want to remind you all, starting Friday through December 10th is the KZWX online auction featuring overnight stays, art, jewelry, wine, live music, and more. Items can be viewed now by clicking on kzwex.org and visiting the website and you can find the online auction link right there on the front page. And proceeds will benefit, of course, the new KZWX studio in Ukiah. So please help keep local public media strong in Mendocino County by getting your Christmas presents at the online auction. And of course, you can always become a member at any time. So I guess that wraps up my time here and, you know, have a beautiful evening. Stay sane, keep your heart open and look at the sky. The sky is so full of stars. We've had amazing weather here on the Mendocino coast. So that's something to celebrate. All right, all. This is Blake Moore signing off for Be More Now. Who are you? What have you become? What have you done with this beautiful kingdom? I don't want your gun. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Woolitz and Ukiah, 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening. Show up, be loud, step up, speak out, show up.